Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Joe Poxon. Hailing from Australia, Joe has been settled in Hamburg for the past four years. That said, he's had quite the journey to get there. London, Berlin, back to Oz, then back to Europe once and for all, Joel really has followed his passion all over the world. And that passion is making music. Joe explains about the visa artists can get to stay in Germany. And we have a laugh, well you have to don't you, at some of the red tape issues that can lead to. On the music front, we get into the Hamburg scene how Joe feels like he fits in there, and what he likes about it. Let's chat about artwork, the release of the new EP, video shoots, and improvising on a budget. Well, necessity is the mother of invention. All this plus Joe describes his sound for us. Finally, we talk differences in audiences, here in Germany, the UK, and Australia, and why it can make all the difference. Let's get right into it. Here's Joe Pogson. Where do I start? Well, I ended up in London first, back in 2014, and I wanted to go there to play music and, you know, be go make a name for myself, as you do as a young 23-year-old. Yeah, but that didn't work. So <laughs> I guess in London, I was just working a lot in coffee and not really playing a lot of music. So I ended up deciding to just say fuck it one day and just uh, kind of hit the road and start busking and I made a decision to leave London and go to uh, make my way to Germany. I had some friends in Berlin and I went through Paris and then the south of Germany and up to Berlin and stayed there for a month and I was kind of just busking on the street without an amplifier, very hardcore and loving it but my money was slowly whittling away. So um, never a good side as a musician, yeah, or, yeah. or just just in general, not a great side. So I ended up going back to the UK and then deciding just to go back home to Australia and reconsidering what I wanted to do. But when I went back home, I still had this strong urge to not be in Australia <laughs> and just be back in Europe again because, like my experience when I just went out and tried to bask. I think one of the reasons why I did that, I had been um, following another British person, Passenger, as you may have heard of him. Mm -hmm. So he was one of my kind of heroes who I kind of looked up to and I liked his music and we kind of had similar music. He was, he's much better than I am, but, uh, and these days I'm playing a little bit different to the stuff that he does. But yeah. I ended up sort of just having no address. I ended up getting following that this ideal from Passenger and some other guys that he traveled with, like Stu Larson. I don't know if you've heard of him. And one of my friends was just like, Joe, you should just travel Europe and play music everywhere and and just take every opportunity that you can. So I kind of just dove into just doing that. And I mean, I immediately hit the brick wall of running out of money financially and 
sort of reconsidering maybe what I had to do or how I had to do it. So when I got back home, I sort of lay in bed for three months. <laughs> well, you then, could call this recuperating right this, after you exhausted someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and then I then I was like, fuck it, I need this is what I need to be doing. So I uh, I bought myself an amplifier and then I got back onto the streets in Australia. I was playing there for a bit. And, um, sorry, uh, what city were you in, uh, Joe, at this time? This time I was in Newcastle in Australia. So I grew up in the countryside of New South Wales in Australia, uh, in a really small town. And then my family uh, moved to Newcastle, which is two hours north of Sydney. Well, yeah, for anybody who's listening, it's Australia's second oldest city, and it was a convict town. And it kind of actually was the basis for some inspiration for my first EP that I wrote. So it's like this sort of uh, convict concept piece of music. And anyway, getting off track. So that's where I kind of was based when I came back from London. I'd been in Melbourne before I went to London, which is where I studied. Yeah, so I came back to Australia and I was like, I need to go back to Europe. Like that's I met a lot of really great friends and people doing the thing that I wanted to do. And I always had a better feeling about playing my music in front of Europeans over playing it in front of my own home Australian crowd. I mean, that's, that's changed these days. I, I, don't, I don't have any sort of real sort of, what's the right word for that? I've lost all my words now that I've been here in Germany for so long. <laughs> You're having to think too much, that's yeah, what it is. Like this kind of preconceived notion, maybe? I guess, no, I think more of a, I kind of felt disconnected to my audience in Australia, which it wasn't a big audience or anything, but like there was, the example is there's this one radio station which plays all the young music and it was completely different to what I wanted to do. And it kind of gave me sort of, I don't know, it, gave, it just gave me a weird feeling. And it still kind of gives me a weird feeling in a sense. But I know people, there are people back home who certainly appreciate when I play them music just as much as they would here in Germany or any other country. Yeah, so, like, just music lovers in general. People love music everywhere. So, But it took me a while to sort of break that barrier sort of down. And I think coming to Europe help with that and then sort of getting a bit older you sort of realize that you know it doesn't matter just play play your songs joe and uh yeah, right time. i went with a friend this time and we toured together uh for three months and i at the end of that tour i was on the edge of deciding to stay in uh, germany because well they had one they had a visa that i could get as an artist that was kind of also where i met most of the where i made the most connections friends who were doing music and, yeah and just, just socially who, and i think we had lots of gigs booked in berlin and in leipzig and it was just a heap of people that i met and i was like oh okay this is a whole different world and we did a bit of touring in uh, we went down to france as well for that time and then we went up to sweden and had crazy uh, there's a lot of crazy stories in there <laughs> which we can go into detail if you want <laughs> but uh, i'll just be talking all night and then i went back and i was like okay, no, I, I want to stay next time. So I ended up recording an EP in my time back home with some friends there. And then I took that EP and came to Germany and ended up staying in Germany. So, and here I am four years down the track. That was your original question, was it? How did I end up here? 
<laughs> you, you, you meander more than I, so I'm quite happy about this. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I heard about this visa. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I don't know much about it. So essentially, basically the visa is you can work here in Germany, but just in music or your particular art. So it varies a little bit, like if you wanted, wanted to paint. But essentially you have to prove that, one, you're making money from it and that you can survive off the work that you're doing that's about it and then you just have to prove that you're living have a residence here and you can kind of extend that i guess as long as you're making money and paying taxes here in germany <laughs> so i guess i mean was it quite easy to get for well, you I guess that's it, it, it depends like because you have to sort out your health insurance and you, you have to sort out like bank accounts and you have to sort out all this stuff which there's a fair bit of red tape yeah yeah, and also getting over the German language barrier is difficult at times. I'm pretty lucky because uh, I'm living here with my girlfriend and she's German. She helped me a lot. At the end of the day, it's they make it they make you wait like in a waiting room for 8 hours just for like one appointment. And if you go in there and they say, "Oh, no, you need this piece of paper." And you have to just go out and get it and come back next time and then submit it. So it's very very time consuming. And they're not always, and you get always get a different person behind the right. desk usually. You so, can never make a connection there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes somebody will say one thing, and then sometimes somebody will say something completely different, and like it's not consistent. I mean, in the in the book of laws, it's consistent, but like people always say different things quite often you, when you're in yeah, there if you're you, going in there regularly. Mm. So, How long does it last for? Is it a renewable visa after X amount of years? Yeah, so the one I'm on, the, I got one for one year, and then I got it for two years, and then I guess I can get it extended again for two years. I think my friend in Berlin, he got his extended for three years, and I think you can continue to extend it and eventually, I suppose, get permanent residency uh, if you feel other criteria like learning the language and there's some other things that you have to know but and have to have. So I guess my goal is to have that permanent residency, but after going through all the process, I'm just happy with just <laughs> getting any visa at all. Yes. And I don't want to think about visas until I have to. So. All right. We'll wish yeah. swift moving on, but yeah, having... Oh, it's okay. We can haven't went through, Yeah, I haven't <laughs> went through this with my wife. I remember it all too well. The, I guess uh, to add one more point to that visa question, which is probably important, is the fact that the visa makes you become a freelancer. So you're not getting sponsorship from an uh, employer and they kind of handle all the taxes and uh, stuff like that. So you really have mm. to sort out a little bit more because you're just essentially running your own business. And so there's a little bit extra there that you have to kind of do to get it let's go back <laughs> let's go back to the musical journey then so when you eventually moved to germany for this last time or most recent time you moved straight to hamburg was that the the intention well i traveled for three months just playing shows and went to the netherlands and around germany and i ended up i ended up in cologne actually and that's when i got together with my uh, now girlfriend basically she got a spot to study in hamburg at the end of that year and I just went with her so I, I was kind of of the equation that I didn't 
equation. I, I feel like I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm putting in words, which I, I feel like they fit, but I, I'm just <laughs> thinking about after I say it, I was just like, I've lost all my English. Uh, <laughs> so essentially, she got she got her university spot, and I came along with her. I was just happy to be in Germany, anywhere, somewhere. I can set up and busk and play in any city, and I, I'm, I'm happy. So that's kind of how I ended up in Hamburg specifically. I, I was just going to say I've since come to like really really like the city. It's uh, yeah, it's unique in many different ways, and I've met some great people. So it's always a, it's always a bonus, right? When you you get this the icing on the cake. But one of one of the things about Hamburg, it is one of the the musical cities of Germany. I'm talking contemporary music, of course, as we know sure. about the tradition of the uh, with the Beatles playing there, of course. Yeah. But between Hamburg, Berlin, of course. Dusseldorf, great German cities of, of modern rock and pop and in Kraftwerk and industrial yeah. electronic music, all of that great stuff. So, yeah. how is the scene in Hamburg then? How do you, how do you self, how do you find yourself fitting in? I think I fit in pretty well because because it's not super focused on electro and sort of that techno electronic sort of scene, which is very Berlin. And I know when I spent time in Berlin uh, in the past, it kind of had that vibe about it. I mean, Berlin in truth is probably also just a much bigger cluster of absolutely everything, but I kind of felt like Hamburg was a little bit more rockier, grungier sort of side of things. Thinking about that actually, I I don't know if genre actually matters. I think there's in any big city, there's a bit of everything. I think maybe the important thing is the kind of people that you tend to meet and sort of create networks and how and the and the sort of type of community that is kind of there and whether you have a sense to build that and whether people are open I guess because I feel like when I was in London and when I was in Berlin maybe even no maybe maybe not necessarily melbourne or sydney i think they're a bit smaller but i guess what i really like about the um, scene here in hamburg is that everybody kind of knows each other but it's also big enough that you always meet somebody new like you're just talking about Genobi, and i'm like well i've never even heard of her (laughs) well i've heard the name but like i haven't really met her and the other day i met this really great busker and I had never, out of my four years in Hamburg, I haven't, I had never met her, but she knew all the people that I knew here in Hamburg. And it was just, it's just very easy to sort of make connections. And, and there's a lot of great musicians here, as there is a lot of great musicians anywhere, I think. I think the biggest thing here is because Hamburg is not too big and not too small, you really can create a sort of good network of people and, Everybody kind of tries to help each other and there's nobody here that's super pretentious and thinks they're better than anybody else. Like there's obviously going to be somebody who thinks they're better than somebody else. But like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not on the scale of like a bigger city like like London or, or Berlin, which I kind of kind of sensed that when I when I was in there, just because it's so big and it's, they're just big melting pots and and they're tough cities to survive in so so this uh, is a nice segue and then to talk about your own music since we just kind of 
touched on how you got into it and the whole singing and playing and then taking your own songs and bringing them to life. How would you describe your your sound, Joe? I mean, is there such a thing? Because sometimes it's not really the best to put things in boxes or to compartmentalize things like this, you know, but I, I like to ask anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's fine to sort of, I would just say it's kind of dark folk rock because I play, as you've heard, my studio recordings are with the band and it's quite rocky. And it's and a lot of the content that I sing about is quite dark, serious subjects. So I, I just say dark folk to people. And when I play with my band, it's rock. So, <laughs> well, it's, well, and I kind of, I don't know, my influences are kind of like, Lena Cohen, Nick Cave, Bob Dylan, that sort of vibe. So, yeah, but a lot of people ask me that. They pick up my CD on the on the street and they go, "What's this? What's this? What's what does this sound like? Is it what you're playing?" And because it has the band recordings on it, it's not. It's still the same songs, but they're just in a band format. So, yeah, it's tricky to define sometimes, but. I mean, yeah, folk rock. Folk rock is probably a good description for it. But I don't know. What would you say? What would you say it is? Because like I, yeah. I, I listen to my songs uh, when I'm recording them and when I'm seeing them all the time, and I kind of lose sense of what it might actually be. I was reading some of the stuff that went along with it. It was the one about Jutland that was recorded up oh, there. Oh yeah, the wolves. Yeah. The wolves, yeah, and uh, yeah. and uh, there's a little description that goes along how you made the record and where it was recorded, and yeah. you know, just yeah. a few sentences. But those that really short description made sense to what the music was. Yeah, you know, this whole if you, I haven't been up that neck of the woods, but coming from Scotland, I kind of have a rough idea yeah. of what, yeah. <laughs> what 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 we're talking about, and uh, yeah, it perfectly matched. It was this. If, uh, it kind of encapsulated the feeling of being there and uh, the kind of wild windswept landscape and all that stuff. So it was really yeah. nice. Yeah, I think one of the nicest compliments that I got from somebody about that song was uh, that it reminded him of his boyhood uh, in Denmark, riding through the woods on a bike. Yeah, I, but I tried to I tried to make my songs fit to the theme and the the image that I'm that I'm singing about so yeah like it's open to a lot of a lot of change because a lot of the songs i come up with a theme and an idea and yeah most of the time it's just me and a guitar or we have a kit an electric guitar set up but like when i go into recording when i take it from a recording standpoint i really want to think about well what is this song about what sounds go with this and if it's gonna be it's just like two notes on a synth and nothing else <laughs> maybe that's what the song needs and then and right. i guess you could call that very very slow electronic music <laughs> <laughs> well less is more yeah but um i think i am playing a lot with the acoustic guitar so it's very acoustic folky so i just put it into that kind of box if you had to box it into something I haven't listened to both versions of songs, your uh, ones and the band ones as well. You really hear the difference because the band really does add, well, it just adds more drama and more color yeah. to it. It's, yeah. it's, but when you hear it stripped down and stuff, it's a bit more uh, intimate. I guess that's a better word. Yeah. To 
but you know, a bit more personal in this respect. Yeah. Maybe you could tell us about your discography. Then. The first CD that I had when I was traveling around Europe, I don't, that's not up anywhere. Like, I think that, some people have the, in the archives. It's in the deep archives. <laughs> it's never coming out again. Oh, goodness. Um, All right. <laughs> but um, I guess the one that I was really proud of working on was the Seven Long Years EP, which is the one on Spotify in its entirety at the moment. Well, I touched on that uh, earlier. It's sort of a concept EP about a convict coming from Great Britain and being on a boat to Australia and serving time in some sort of mine, digging digging coal for the crown, essentially. And then at the end, he is free, and I kind of took elements from things I'd read, things I had watched, and my own history of having ancestors who were convicts coming to Australia when the British did arrive in Australia back in the day. So I was... I guess Musketeer, the project kind of started out as a real sort of history history thing, and I was super into a lot of that stuff. So it's quite themed. And the stuff that I wrote before, even before this EP, was even more themed. I had these American Revolution uh, themes going on and things like that. But I just kind of felt it was a bit, well, these days I kind of feel like it's a bit detached from what I maybe should be saying. Uh, so I kind of try to add a lot of elements and layers, but when I'm songwriting, I really think it's important to add myself and my own experiences and sort of where I am and what was happening at the time, because I think people relate to that a bit more and it's maybe a bit more, a bit more real and it tells as that added extra layer of sort of intimacy. So that wolf song that you talked about earlier was kind of reminiscent of me traveling through Denmark and being here in the north and trying to uh, trying to encapsulate the feelings of being here. Uh, But I guess my earlier songs are more historically based. Yeah, I kind of moved away from that now, but I still believe in layering things and reading and adding little little sort of themes from here and there, not just not just hitting you up with a straight love song which is really hard for me to write so <laughs> yeah. how, about, how about the the artwork this is one of the other things i noticed it's one of these weird modern things that when you see something on spotify or you see it on the uh, facebook page and you just see yeah. the image as opposed to the old days because i'm 50 right so i remember buying records back when you bought records <laughs> and you yeah. take the record home and you see the artwork and Always appreciated a nice cover or some nice artwork that went with yeah. it. And uh, who does your artwork, Joe? Um, nice images and stuff there. There's one that's like a reflection. Yeah. So I met this very talented dude who did that. So for the the latest EP that I'm going to release as soon as I pull all the elements together. The, there's the one at the, the waterfront in Hamburg. Which is, I quite like that one with the, the cranes and all that stuff in the background. I like that. I like the bleakness of that. That's just the straight, oh, yeah. straight up photo, but I like that one. It reminds me much of home, you know, in a kind of dark and dreary Glasgow afternoon kind of thing, you know. It's, uh, yeah, with the with the band. Yeah, definitely. I like that, I like that one. Uh, the other, the other, but no, I liked it. I like the, I like the imagery. Um, yeah, so a friend of mine uh, just took that photo. We just went down on a very, very cold winter day. 
on a little on the little beach here in Hamburg on the, along the river and we took that promo shot. Um, I don't think that's going to be on the cover at, of the EP itself, but I use that for promos and gigs sometimes when we do band shows. But maybe I'll use it somewhere else because I like the photo too. It's a nice one. I'm looking at it now again. <laughs> it's get very it Northern back. European. Yeah, yeah. It reminds, get, me, reminds me of home. I wanted to get that like, we're all dying vibe. <laughs> this, is all, this is the cold. I've never been more cold in my life. I'd really hug over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a double whammy for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of new EPs then, why don't you tell us a little about that? The, uh, the EP itself, the tracks on it, where you recorded it? Yes. It's not out yet, so for anybody listening, um, we haven't released it yet. So <laughs> I've been trying to get some nice video shoots and things together for it to release with the promo. Right, right. And it's, it doesn't always go as smoothly as possible. I'm getting there. Hopefully, I can get it out this year sometime. That was my goal, to just have it out this year. But depending on what my promo plan is, because I haven't really planned out my promo plan for it because I'm just doing everything myself, it may turn out just to be out early next year. So the whole corona thing kind of threw a big spanner in the works because I wanted to tour with the EP and promote it that way, but touring is kind of a bit difficult at the moment, getting shows and knowing whether they're still going to be on, things like that. Yeah, the whole thing is so, in in a state of flux yeah. yeah yeah so it's not as concrete as i thought it was going to be before covid but i'll get it out eventually but i'm definitely going to release another track from it sooner rather than later hopefully next month because we're doing a video shoot for it in two weeks we're hopefully doing like a nice one take band shot of um the song so i'll have a live version and uh studio version and i've also filmed an acoustic version for that so i have plenty of material to go but getting back to the ep itself basically it follows kind of a rough story of a a guy who gets a job on a boat and ends up catching a mythical sea creature and dragging it onto the boat and the ep is kind of him him or her whatever the character is it's usually kind of me referring to myself um, as a as the narrator and songwriter. So, but it can be ambiguous. Anyway, I'm going down another rabbit hole. <laughs> basically, the I'll story, let you ramble on, man. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> basically, the story is kind of this journey across the North Sea, and uh, deals with lots of themes of themes surrounding that. Like I read it, like books like the Jules Verne and thousand leagues under the sea and i read into lots of norse uh mythology and tried to add different themes to it and the mm. one of the songs is a based on hamlet which is like a my experience that i had in copenhagen busking there one time and it was really really cold and i was not feeling my fingers so there's like little bits of that in there and i sort of parallel it with this uh, Shakespeare play. I don't know, I tried to tie in the theme, but also make the songs on the uh, song stand on their own at the same right. time. Yeah, so I wrote, wrote the whole EP kind of when I first came to Hamburg, so maybe 2017. And then we got the band together, and then we ended up uh, recording the EP in 
a little studio five kilometers from the Danish border on the German side. And it was the middle of winter, January 2018. And we spent a week there recording all the songs. Then after we did that, I did the vocals in Hamburg and we did a bunch of post, well, post-production, is that what you call it? But additional yeah. production yeah, after right. the initial recordings just to polish everything up and get it all together. And then I've just been slowly releasing songs off the EP ever since. But uh, I will have the CDs with me when I'm busking. So it will be unofficially released. <laughs> so if anybody out there is listening and they're walking on the streets of Hamburg, and you come pick come pick one up in a in a couple of weeks. So I guess I will also have the CD at the Knuth show. But like I have to keep things separate from officially releasing it because it's too much things going on in my head. I can't afford a PR person. So <laughs> Yeah, well it's you're straight from the horse's mouth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, it's really nice and I'm proud of everybody who worked on it made the sound what it is. So I in the beginning, I had a different idea for the sound. I thought it was going to be much more folky than it was, more like the last EP. But I kind of decided to open it up and collaborate with the, the band on <clears throat> doing the tracks. And a lot of the tracks are kind of quite similar to how we play the tracks live. It's uh, a deep sea adventure, is what I would describe oh, it. It's very Jules Verne kind yeah. of a <laughs> little twist on it there. Yeah. Do, you, do you find yourself going down... If we can talk a little bit in the future, do you find yourself going down this path more of becoming more studio-based or home recording-based and then releasing your music that way? When the, Who knows what this COVID-19 situation is going to take as the avenue of live gigs for musicians and other artists is slowly... Yeah. Let's be positive. It's, it's not what it was, right? So did, do you find yourself maybe thinking releasing your music this way? That's a good question. I think, or in my head, there's kind of different projects and categories. I think, yeah, maybe, maybe, because I demo a lot at home with the gear that I have, and I want better gear, because I know I can... Oh, we, we all do as musicians. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I, I know I can make a nice acoustic sound. I've done a bunch of videos recently, which is just me and the guitar, and the sound has been really good. So I guess it just depends on the project and the songs maybe yeah we'll see but i think as a my end goal as uh in terms of creating a concept getting it to the finished product in terms of creating a studio uh, ep or or album i really want to have the full production sound visualize my full vision because i can't do that by myself i need help to do that because well i can't play certain instruments <laughs> and there are certain tricks up my sleeve that I don't have that maybe the producer uh, that I'm working with does have but all the people that I've worked with like the first EP uh, we did in various locations and worked with a bunch of different musicians and we just kind of it was a very cheap production i didn't have to pay a whole lot for I think called the, the location like i didn't have to pay a full studio like we did strings in a church and they let us use it for free and on that one all of my friends 
and musician colleagues in Australia, they just ended up playing on it for free for me, which was really, really nice of them. Uh, when you don't have much money, you have to sort of make workarounds and see what you can do. And I think nowadays with the COVID thing, I think that sort of that type of guerrilla recording, in a sense, really kind of lends a hand to what I've been doing. Like the EP that we did was just, it was an old schoolhouse that we recorded it in. It wasn't a proper studio. You still had that certain room sound and it was very quiet, but like there was still a road outside and there was nothing necessarily <laughs> insulated. Then we did bits of it. We did the vocals, yeah, just in a, like a studio that my guitarist was working in here in Hamburg. And then I did the strings in Australia with some friends I knew there when I went back home at a certain point. So like, I like this idea of not necessarily going into a fancy studio and paying all this money and necessarily getting all the musicians there and having this <laughs> huge production. Like I like being able to get different sounds from different places. Yeah, if I can get into a, a nice sounding room for less of the cost, perfect. being resourceful and being inventive and actually maybe taking that creative process to the next level because yeah. you're let's not say restricted by certain things but there's certain things that are out with your budget so you have to find yeah. ways around it and it's yeah. this is when musicians are at is really kind of pulled together though because yeah. you you call your buddy or you someone knows someone and yeah. then you get together and maybe they put a spin on it give you another idea that yeah. maybe you didn't quite think of and then the, the thing will the whole thing starts to kind of bloom and yeah it's a nice it's a nice organic process in this yeah no definitely i, I love i love working that way so i will try to do more of that in the future for me i can as the artist i can definitely hear it and feel it and it adds that extra touch i think so. well you you have you also have the benefit of actually being there as it's being done so you know you get to if nothing else you get to experience it or you get to add uh, your embellishments to this true i guess i was yeah i was speaking to yeah no you're right because i, I think i forget that a lot of people uh, and a lot of artists just give all the sound to somebody or just give a song and then the pr producer just does what they want on it and they're not there to listen or see what's actually happening but for me i always want to be there in the in the room to see what the hell is going on and to interact with maybe the musician who's playing or interact with the person on the mixing desk and sort of yeah you know maybe i'm too controlling it sometimes but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's the curse i have Less yes curse. <laughs> indeed man of equal measures yeah. uh, are you more uh, instagram based would you say then these days have you done much like live streaming and things with it have you tried to integrate this into your, yeah, your so performances I, so when COVID happened everybody started live streaming so yeah. i did a couple of those on Facebook and Instagram um, and the first two went really well uh, particularly financially wise but like social media was suddenly awashed with the uh, people's faces in rooms so <laughs> so I think the people, COVID sessions right yeah, yeah, yeah. haven't really done any live streams since but maybe I should do another one at some point but I've just been enjoying going outside and playing on the streets that's been okay in the past i haven't really used it a lot i mean i use stories and i use the post posting thing on instagram and to tell people about shows or some random thing that's happened but 
I guess I my goal is to make a really big mailing list. So last year I started taking emails at shows and passing around a notepad, and I think that's maybe a useful thing to have. What would you say are the significant differences, if there are any, between the audiences at home, as in Australia, as opposed to your new home here in Germany or elsewhere in Europe you've played? Significant differences. Uh, significant, you can take that bit out or not. You know, I just added that in for a bit of flavour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are the differences between the audiences at home and abroad? We talked about um, musical, but, you know, there's yeah. in crowds you still get a different buzz from city to city. I think that's definitely true sometimes i feel like it depends on the venue and the organizer depending on where it's at and they always make a real difference on how the how the show is going to turn out and what the vibe is but i i don't know like in terms of crowd i think they've always been generally respectful i mean except for your except for your pub gig or whatever like <laughs> you're just playing or playing in a restaurant where people are there to talk and that's sometimes very difficult and i think that's the same in that's the same everywhere but i do remember one of the reasons when i did come to europe and i was in germany i was like the audience here or the audiences here are so great they're like sitting there they're listening they love you and maybe that's a bit of a thing because i'm a foreigner the people um watching me and because i'm from australia there's a kind of element yeah. of romanticism yeah, in this, yeah, yeah. this All this exotic windswept stranger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, for myself, of course. Yeah, yeah. So there was a there was a bit of that, but um, and I thought that was a thing for a while. I think it is a little bit of a thing, but like nowadays, that people kind of know me here in Hamburg. That's kind of not something that I can necessarily lean upon anymore. Because at one point I thought, yeah. Germans are super respectful. They love music. Played so many shows here, and they, a lot of most of the times, have been super quiet. And I thought that for a while, but then I played. I've played plenty of gigs in uh, Germany, which have been quite noisy or whatever. And then I went to the UK and and back home in Australia and played gigs to people who were equally as respectful and and quiet. I don't know if I can answer that question properly, Craig. <laughs> All right, there we go. There's, but, there's one for the books. But um, but there, yeah, there has, there is something, there is something slightly different to each place that you go. That and you, it's hard to put words to it. Or maybe I've just had too much wine, so. <laughs> and I can't on, think on the other hand, on the other hand, maybe you've not had enough. True. It's the, it's the old True. half glass, half empty scenario. Because yeah, it's. It, I don't know. What about yourself? Depends. I was going to say I've never, I haven't played in Germany. Most of my gigging experience was in Korea and you can go from one extreme to the other you go play in a young environment a young club yeah. or a dive bar man something there's one dive bar in Seoul it's no longer there the owner passed away a couple of years ago and it was called Woodstock and uh, anyone who's worth their soul whether they played covers originals whatever it was everyone had played Woodstock you know and uh, the equipment hadn't been changed in years the equipment was really good at one point about 20 years ago but it yeah. never, never never that was it so you just had to make do with what you've got but some of the best shows ever in there there might have been 15 people in there all night but the the the, the bounce in the room the energy in the room yeah 
people up dancing, not caring, having a great time and just enjoying themselves. Other times you go to a really nice place and then it's the complete opposite. They're yeah. all sitting there. Like you said, if, when you, if you go to play a restaurant, yeah, oh rest, these restaurant things are the worst because yeah. people are just there to eat and yeah. do whatever and there's some guy playing Sweet Caroline or whatever in the background. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's wrong it just, place, wrong time. It just depends a lot. Actually, I did think of something, and then I just forgot about it. It's so annoying. <laughs> there was a difference between... Yeah, like, I, I find in Germany, people... A lot of the gigs that I played and still play, like, people quite generous in terms of how they treat the musician. I think there's a little bit of a distance in a lot of places well, that I played in Australia and the UK, and they're very tight on maybe what drinks you can have from the bar and what your payment is or right he's had three beers instead of two yeah you know? yeah yeah you're yeah. haggling over a fiver and all yeah, this kind of yeah. stuff you know and it's, and, it's, yeah. and it's like the amount of the amount of times that i've played in germany or switzerland or i think germany switzerland uh, sweden's a bit similar to maybe um britain or australia but i just i kind of yeah feel like that that sort of swiss german that I guess it's European, in a sense. I don't know. They treat you really nicely. It's great. Like, sure, the audience can be um, varied at times, but a lot of the times the hosts are really like they're really into their music and they really like to treat the artists well. And I found that is quite a thing here in Germany, definitely more so than maybe what I experienced in the UK as a whole. Um, and may, and also Australia as well. Oh, here's um, the singer. Here's the entertainment. Uh, it's almost like yeah. the afterthought, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah. right, okay. They put it on their little chalkboards advertising it outside, and yeah. sometimes you get really good bar owners, and they're yeah. straight up, yeah. and they're really nice, and it might not be that busy, so they'll, you know, you work it out together, and both of you leave happy, and you come yeah. back, and you play again, but some places where you just have that whole negative vibe of people coming in. And- yeah, I don't know. I feel like music is sort of a little bit more musicians are music not necessarily music but i think musicians are maybe a little bit more valued uh in germany definitely more so than maybe maybe australia like i don't want to keep on speaking for the uk but uh <laughs> but i feel like australia and the uk are quite similar i mean both country both countries love music but there's kind of just a little bit of a slightly different yeah. attitude to how they exactly. treat the musician no i was just gonna going to say i think the punters <clears throat> the people who come and see the show, well, obviously it's assholes, but like a lot of the times, wherever I I've been, like people have just been so nice, and there's always people who really like what I've done, and and that has not changed anywhere that I've went and and played. Even in a, like a shitty gig, there's always one person who comes up and says, who's been listening from the side over the noise, <laughs> and and Carl said, that was cool, or, like, I really like that. Yeah. Well, it certainly makes your night, right, when you get even the smallest of compliments. Yeah. It, really, it really makes a difference to what you're doing and what you're trying to what you're trying to share with everyone. Yeah, yeah. When you've had it from these tiny acorns and all that, and then you bring it out to the, the big bad world, and people are sitting talking about what kind of curtains they have, or... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Muriel's had a hysterectomy and all that, you know. <laughs> and meanwhile, here's you like a troubadour in, uh, in full flow. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, yes. 
one of those things, man. It's the perks of the job. Let's look at it in a positive. Uh, you have plenty of stories to tell. Plenty. Joseph, all the best, mate. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me again. And uh, cheerio. Ciao. Cheers. You can follow Can't Find My Way Home on anchor.fm. Simply search for Can't Find My Way Home. On Instagram at can't.findmywayhome. On Facebook at Expat Music Pod. Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And wherever you get your podcasts from, I'm pretty sure you'll find us there too. Until the next one, this is Craig saying cheers. <laughs>